do what you aren't. You mean you are what you do? No, I mean you do what you are. You're born with a gift. If not that, then you get good at something along the way. And what you're good at, you don't take for granted. Don't wait for no one. What if you do? Sell yourself short, that's a short stroll from selling your soul. I recently found myself, it's time to set some new goals. Forget some new clothes, Rolexes and gold. Flexing for hoes and talking about freeing your mind by the time you let some shit go. Post traumatic stress is adolescence. I was a war. What it do, what it do, what it do, what it do. Yeah, this that Star Lito featuring Y. Lee. That Manifest Destiny album he just dropped. You don't listen to All Star. A.K.A. Starlito or Starlito, A.K.A. All-Star, however you want to say it. I'm telling you, you've been missing out on great substance, great content, just in case you didn't know. In today's podcast, I'm strictly talking about the NBA trade deadline, who made the right moves, who didn't make the right moves, um, who could have made a move but didn't. Also, you know, it's magic foul for not trying to get a minority, quote-unquote, a black general manager at least an interview for the job. And also, I saw something about Kirk Cousins being better than Cam Newton. Like, whoever, never mind. I'll get into that later on in the show. But first, let's just talk about these trade deadline deals. Today, Nerlens Noel was traded from Philly to Dallas, and he was traded for Justin Anderson, Andrew Bogut, and a first-round pick. Well, a conditional first-round pick, because it's come out now that if Dallas has a top 1 through 18 pick, the pick will stay with Dallas. But if they're 19 through the bottom, then the pick goes to Philly. It's a good chance that pick is going to stay with Dallas. For Philly, this is a pretty good trade, only because you get rid of a gimpy Nerlens Noel, and you still have Joel Embiid and Jaleel Okafor. Okafor was on the trade block, but, yeah, that never happened. He was shopped to Portland. He was shopped to Indy, even, I believe, and Chicago. Can't forget about the Raptors. They sent a first-round pick over to Phoenix for P.J. Tucker. We all knew P.J. Tucker wasn't going to re-sign in Phoenix anyway, so, yeah, might as well get rid of him for a first-round pick. And Chicago made a move today. They sent Taj Gibson. And uh, what was the guy's name? Oh, Doug McDermott. Down to OKC for Cameron Payne, Anthony Morrow, and Joe Laverne. Now, I know OKC fans, you guys are going to miss seeing Cameron Payne and Russell Westbrook do their jig at the beginning of the home games. I know. I know. But this move actually helps them. It helps them a whole lot because they need Taj Gibson off the bench. And they're going to need Doug McBuckets to be Doug McBuckets. I don't know what the GM in Chicago is doing, but I guess they got a plan on being the boo-boo. Like, how do you trade Taj Gibson right now and Doug McDermott? And you traded a pick a couple of years ago to get Doug McDermott and you let him go now and he's still on his rookie contract. When healthy Cameron Payne is a a decent guard, is he going to be a starter in this league? I don't know. I don't know. Can he be a, you know, NBA starting point guard for 82 games? Yeah. We're going to see, though. We're going to see. I I wish him well. But I believe Chicago knows, look, 
They're not going to have D-Wade after this season. They were shopping Jimmy Butler. Hopefully, they're just planning for the future. I don't know. This is this is terrible in Chicago. They looking like, nah, I ain't going to say it. Never mind. Never mind. From one Eastern Conference franchise to another, the Indiana Pacers were shopping Paul George. And it sounded like for a second that they had something brewing in Boston. The trigger never got pulled. Boston, I'm sure, was probably struggling with trying to give up one of those picks they got from the Nets. You know, the ones they robbed the Nets of back when the Nets made that dumbass decision to trade those first-round picks for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. One of the dumbest trades ever. I can understand why Boston was kind of, you know, reluctant to give up a first-round pick for Paul George if he not going to re-sign after next season. But winning cures a lot. And if you can give up a first-round pick and, I don't know, Jay Crowder and somebody else for Paul George, I'm pulling that trigger. Because with him and Isaiah Thomas, they could probably make some things shake in the East. Now, the team that everybody thought was going to make a move, who LeBron said needed to make a move, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they made no trades. But now, that doesn't mean they're not going to be active this week because where it is, Darren Williams is getting bought out of his contract by Dallas, and I'm sure... Cleveland is on his short list of teams he'd want to play for. Who wouldn't, as a point guard, want to go back up Kyrie Irving, give him 10 to 15 solid minutes a game. When Kyrie getting rested, he can play. He's going to start. You're going to the NBA Finals more than likely because you're on a team led by LeBron James. So if I'm Darren Williams, now is the time in my career to start chasing those championships. Man, I remember when they used to talk about him like he was one of the best point guards in the league. My, 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 how times have changed. Oh, well, he got that check. <laughs> uh, the Timberwolves were supposed to be trying to get rid of Ricky Rubio's contract, and Coach Thibodeau wanted Derrick Rose. And when the Knicks finally said, cool, we'll trade Derrick Rose for Ricky Rubio, the Timberwolves was like, you know what? Nah, we straight. We good. We're going to just stay packed where we at. If that wasn't some bull, anyway, look, hey. I appreciate y'all listening to me today. I just want to take this time to say I really do appreciate all the listeners, anybody who listening to me for the first time, second time, or 40th time. I appreciate it. And if you're listening to me in SoundCloud right now, if you have an Apple device, you can always get at me, BTSE space 365. That's how you can find me in your podcast app on your iTunes. Or if you have the TuneIn radio app, you can type in BTSE365. You can get me on there as well. Staying in the basketball world, I cannot forget about the NCAA college basketball action that we had last night. Man, if you missed it, Dylan Brooks from Oregon hit a game-winning three. Syracuse, they beat Duke on a game-winning bank shot three. I was too happy for that. Woo! Of course, the Tar Heels handled business against Louisville, blew them out. We had an unruly fan out there. Him and Patino got into it. And I think the fan probably just yelled some shit about, you know, probably said something about the, the little sex scandal, the little prostitutes and everything going on in Louisville. Probably something like that, and Patino just got worked up. He was a little hot around the collar. They holding him back and everything. Kansas won their 13th consecutive regular season conference title. Nothing to, you know, sneeze at. It, that's a big-time feat right there. Hadn't been done in college basketball, I believe, since UCLA. 
out to Coach Bill Self, Frank Mason III, Josh Jackson, who's having a great season. He's coming on strong in the second half of the season. Everyone talks about Malik Monk and Lonzo Ball and old folks up there at Cal, Jason Tatum at Duke. But Josh Jackson, he's going to be a sleeper when it comes to this lottery this year. I, I'm, I'm banking on that. Back to the NBA for a moment. I was uh, looking at ESPN earlier, and it looks like Magic Johnson is getting a lot of flack for not reaching out to African Americans or minorities that would have been possible general manager candidates for that vacancy. Now, I don't know how everything went down, how everything was constructed, but as soon as he got hired, Kobe's old agent was hired as the GM. Nobody else was interviewed. You know, hey, Magic had his pick, man. We can't make everything about race everything cannot be about race now yes this black man who is now in power at this great organization one of the top franchises in sports period should he have at least interviewed some more candidates before hiring rob palenka especially black candidates i can't say but i will say that if the man that he hired if he believes that man is good for the job, man or woman is good for the job, then guess what? Let him be. There are only three black general managers in the league, and I do believe there should be more diversity out here as far as the GM position is concerned. Hell, if you know me personally, you know I think all the coaches should be black. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I surely said it. Damn, they're all the players black. Why not? It is what it is. It's over with now. Rob Palenka, you got the job. Let's see what happens. Hopefully next season there'll be more African-American GMs. Let's get some more African-American owners. Who's trying to buy a team? Who's trying to sell their franchise to a rich African-American? Let's make it happen. Moving on to the NFL. Word around, well, not even word around. Some NFL analysts had the audacity, the nerve, to say Kirk Cousins was better than Cam Newton. Now, I'm not talking strictly athletic ability here, but I am going to say this, and I'm not going to mix words. Stop your shit, man. One thing I know, Cam Newton made it to the Super Bowl with Greg Olsen as his best offensive weapon. Greg Olsen. No disrespect, because Greg Olsen went to the U, but come on now. Come on. Ted Ginn was his best wide receiver option. Now, the defense was great that year, but on offense, Cam had to do a lot a lot of improvising. And he didn't have a whole lot to work with. Cousins has Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, and a Jordan Reed who's no scrub at tight end. And I've seen a lot of his bad throws and a lot of his bad decision making. Like, nah, G, you're not finna, nah, G, we're not even gonna go there no more. We're not even discussing this no more. And for all the people who are on Jameis Winston's case for what he said to those kids at that elementary school, sit your ass down. You're always looking for a reason to, to vilify somebody, especially somebody who's been in trouble with the law in the past when it comes to women. Now, if you haven't heard about it or seen the video, Jameis Winston was at an elementary school in St. Petersburg, Florida, where he was talking to a group of kids. And during his visit with the students, he at some point told the, the girls in the room to have a seat. He says, sit down. Girls are supposed to be polite, gentle, and quiet. Boys are supposed to be strong, and your voice is going to be deep one day. Now, I don't think he meant 
that all women or girls were weak and eager or anything like that. I think he was just trying to prove a point. Like he said, he was just trying to not single out one of the boys, but it ended up backfiring. Word to the wise, Jameis. You had a rape charge on you a few years ago, and people not going to let you forget that. You settled out of court for almost a million dollars, and you've been playing good football, but when you make a statement like that, especially in a time where everybody has a camera in their pocket. You sometimes have to think before you speak, man. Really, you just have to think before you speak. And I know when you're in the moment, you're not really thinking that much. It's not like he went in there with a prepared speech for those kids. He was just talking. And that's what happens sometimes when you're just shooting from the hip and you come out here and you don't have a plan. So, like I just said, word to the wise, think before you speak. Now it's time for your black history moment of the day. Today I'm talking to you about none other than Mr. Benjamin Banneker. I mentioned him the other day in one of my podcasts, but I just wanted to highlight him today. You see, Benjamin Banneker wasn't even taught a lot of formal education. You know, he didn't do a whole lot of schooling. He was born in Maryland and he died in Maryland. Born in Baltimore County, died in Baltimore County. And he's an author of the African American Almanac. Banneker was a farmer, an astronomer, an engineer. He was a surveyor. He was a lot of things. Banneker actually published several almanacs, and he did it consecutively between 1792 and 1797. And in the handbooks, it included his own astronomical calculations as well as other opinion pieces, literature, medical and title information. And when Banneker died, though, his house caught on fire during the burial services. A lot of the information that he had written down, even the wooden clock that he created, they were burned to the ground. And of course, during that time, nobody really cared because it was just another nigga. And the cause of the fire was never really found out. Look, if you want more information on Benjamin Banneker, do what you always do. Go to Google, or better yet, go to a public library and find some information on them and just check them out. That's all I got for you today. I appreciate you listening in. As always, peace to you and yours. Make love, not war. And remember, tell somebody you love them today. Do that for me. I'm out. Peace. BTS three sixty five. Sometimes I feel like these demons too much. Still, no such thing as too much green in the blood. I sip no. Lemon.